Hello, this is Don of Nocio, General Manager of the TDA Perks Program. In this edition of Cut to the Chase, we'll hit the highlights of our first quarter articles and talk about how your EHR system could help you improve patient outcomes and possibly reduce your liability exposure, how to get the best deal in credit card processing, and finally, we'll tell you about a simple inventory system that could save you thousands. This information is provided to you by MedPro, Best Card, and TDA Perks Supplies. You can learn more about these and other TDA Perks programs online at tdaperks.com. The following information is provided by Beth E. Mitchell, MLD, CPHRM, for MedPro, and by the Patient Safety and Risk Solutions Team at Medical Protective, a TDA Perks program partner and a national leader in healthcare malpractice insurance coverage and risk solutions. Performance improvement is discussed frequently in the healthcare community. We know that to improve patient outcomes, we need to improve performance or the delivery of care. But when juggling implementation of new evidence-based practices, technologies, and healthcare reform, it's easy for performance improvement to become just a phrase. So let's examine ways you can use an electronic health record system to support positive change in your practice. A well-defined performance improvement process involves a couple of things. It takes identifying opportunities for improvement, designing and conducting an audit, implementing a corrective action plan, and evaluating for continued improvement. Because EHR systems collect a wealth of data, they can be a valuable tool in a performance improvement process. The challenge is understanding how to aggregate and analyze this data, evaluate the results, and then develop strategies and initiatives to improve delivery of care and patient outcomes. Okay, so here are some specific ways your practice can meet this challenge. Start by identifying situations that create high risk for your practice. Let's talk about three common ones. They're related to test results, drug interaction, and allergies, and missed appointments. Number one, test result tracking. What do you think is a top allegation in medical malpractice claims? It's failure to diagnose. Failure to address all test results is the frequent underlying cause of failure to diagnose. What can help mitigate this risk is having a well-articulated procedure for tracking patients' lab, radiology, and other results. Many EHR systems can assist in automated test tracking. For example, evaluate your EHR system to make sure you can generate data showing all tests that were ordered, all results received and reviewed by the ordering provider, and all test results that were communicated to patients. You might find it helpful to have your system generate a daily task list that flags situations that could lead to risk exposure. What circumstances should be flagged? These include when tests were ordered but the results weren't received, or test results that were received but not viewed by the healthcare provider, and when test results were viewed by the provider but not communicated to the patient. It's critical to routinely run reports to identify overlooked test results even if test results are included on your daily task list. These reports can help your practice's efforts to make sure no test results go missing or unnoticed. Number two, drug interaction and allergy alerts. Many EHRs can alert providers to potential dangerous drug interactions and allergies. Though these alerts can be overwhelming, they can help prevent prescribing errors and protect patients when they're implemented as part of a well-designed system. Work with your EHR vendor to ensure your practice is using the full potential of the system's alert functions and tailor alerts to meet the specific needs of your practice. 
It's also imperative to know that drug and allergy alerts work only if current data are available for your system to analyze. So it's important to make sure your practice's providers are reviewing patients' allergies at each office visit and updating the system during the patient encounter. Number three, canceled appointments and no-shows. For patient safety and liability reasons, your practice needs thorough processes for identifying, addressing, documenting, and following up on canceled and missed appointments. This is especially true in regard to non-compliant and or difficult patients. Patients do share in the responsibility for their care, and ultimately, they need to keep appointments. But a well-documented follow-up call or letter from your practice can remind and encourage the patient to make a visit, which ultimately may affect the patient's outcome. Well-documented follow-ups can also establish your practice's commitment to ensuring the patient receives necessary care. Your practice can use its EHR system to document canceled and missed appointments and better manage these patients. Your practice could have it generate a daily report that shows all appointments that were canceled or missed for the previous day. With thorough data input, the EHR system can generate reports showing if follow-up occurred and how quickly it occurred and the outcome of the follow-up. These reports provide evidence of your practice's efforts on behalf of the patient. So the situations described previously, test tracking, drug interactions and allergies, and missed appointments are examples of common risk areas you might consider including in your performance improvement efforts. But once you've selected a specific area for improvement, you need to design and conduct an audit. It's a way of measuring outcomes against expectations. Expectations defined in office policies, procedures, standards, or guidelines. When you're selecting measures to include, make sure your staff has working knowledge of the data elements and definitions associated with your EHR. Giving your team a list of these would be helpful. Also relevant to your audit design is information about evidence-based standards that are specific to the patient population you serve and your practice's involvement in mandatory and voluntary quality data reporting initiatives. At a minimum, the audit process should include a definition, goal, target, methodology, frequency, corrective actions, and monitoring. These should be included for each selected measure. You can find more in-depth information on this online in our resources section at tdaperks.com. Delivery of healthcare in a safe and efficient manner is the goal of all practitioners. It is a challenge to be mindful of opportunities for improvement and be willing to invest time and energy to them. But a well-designed EHR system is an excellent tool that can help you. You can use it for risk mitigation, quality checking, and long-term performance improvement monitoring. Aggregating and analyzing data and taking action based on the findings are critical to delivering quality patient care, preventing errors, and minimizing risk at your practice. In the long run, your efforts to identify and address gaps in performance and develop corrective plans can help improve patient outcomes, satisfaction, and possibly reduce your liability exposure. Next, we'll talk about how to get the best deal in credit card processing and why doing it or not could significantly affect your bottom line. This information is provided by Jennifer Nieto, president of Best Card. The average dental office switching to Best Card saves $1,860 per year or 27% over its prior processor. Learn more at tdaperks.com under programs and then credit card processing. 2009 was one of the worst years for the economy in recent memory. And since then, 
The dental industry has failed to recuperate as well as the economy in general, according to a 2014 ADA study. When adjusted for inflation, the net income of the average dental practitioner through 2013 had fallen by almost $9,542 since 2009. That's a decrease of 5%. There are many speculated reasons for this decline, including lower demand for dental services and more practitioners entering the field. BestCard compiled data that indicates that despite all of this, the percentage of payments made using credit cards has risen sharply. The monthly average amount processed on credit cards was $16,034 in 2009. That amount rose to $27,223 in 2016. That's a growth of 69.8% in the average credit card volume for TDA practices. The lack of growth in the dental industry indicates that this growth is due to more patients paying for treatment using credit cards. But the largest driver of growth in credit card processing volume at TDA member practices is a staggering increase in the average number of transactions. In 2009, the average practice ran 68 transactions a month. In 2016, it was 106. That's a 56% increase over a seven-year period. When a sector of your business grows by almost 70%, you need to ensure these changes don't negatively impact your bottom line. And there are a couple of points you need to know to help you get the best deal possible in credit card processing. Number one, check your effective rate regularly. Why? because credit card processors have the ability to raise rates from what is on your signed contract as long as they give you advanced notice. This notice could be hidden in your monthly statement. Many processors will raise the rates on your cards as often as every couple of months, so make sure you check your effective rate regularly. A quick review of your processing provider could save you thousands of dollars per year. How do you calculate it? You divide the total amount you paid to your processor, that means all the rates and fees, by the total dollars ran in credit card charges. BestCard's average Texas practice pays an effective rate of 2.14%. Number two, watch out for the early termination fee and long-term leases. Many processors attach an expensive early termination fee to their contracts, as well as expensive long-term leases for credit card processing equipment. This means they can raise rates at will because they can make it too expensive to leave. This is why BestCard always recommends asking what the early termination fee is unambiguously in writing. Another thing to be wary of is leases. A lease will generally cost you 4 to 20 times more than the value of the equipment if you were to buy it outright. You should encourage your patients to use debit cards. To lower your effective rate, try to take as many debit cards as possible. If insurance carriers will cooperate, try to accept insurance payments via check or ACH instead of credit cards. BestCard often sees these card rates run at the highest cost. Your processor should offer significantly lower rates on debit cards than credit cards, even without entering a PIN. If it doesn't, you need to contact it to make sure you aren't overpaying. The Durbin Amendment to the Dodd-Frank Act of 2011 lowered the cost of debit cards for all credit card processors. With much lower debit cost, even a simple step, like getting your staff to ask patients if they have a debit card they'd like to pay with, can lead to significant monthly savings. <laughs> Lastly, try to accept credit cards in person, swiped or dipped using the chip. Those that are not only run at a lower cost, but also give you a much stronger position in case of a chargeback issued by the patient. 
and if possible, always try to accept payment at the time of treatment. If a payment needs to be keyed in later, always put in the address, zip code, and three-digit security code on the back of the card to ensure the lowest possible rates and strongest possible chargeback position on keyed cards. Finally, let's learn a simple inventory system that can save you thousands. This information is provided by Ahmad Shams of TDA Perk Supplies. TDA Perk Supplies leverages the group purchasing power of more than 7,400 TDA members to provide significant savings on dental supplies to TDA members. It also provides significant savings on equipment and servicing. For more information, visit tdaperks.com. Go to Programs, Dental Supplies. If your primary determinant when ordering supplies is delivery time, you'll likely pay much higher prices for your order. By having an inventory management system, lead time can be factored into a simple formula you control, not something you pay for. Creating and refining an inventory management system is well worth the effort. If you implement the following simple practices, you'll have an effective system that reduces the likelihood of your office running out of necessary products or overstocking, and increases accountability among staff. And you'll likely save your practice thousands every year. First, you need to identify all items you want to control. Include expensive items and items with a short shelf life. Also, large items that use a lot of shelf space if space is scarce, even if they are inexpensive, like cases of patient bibs or paper towels. Next, create a list of those items that's accessible to anyone authorized to take out of inventory. Whether it's the dental assistant preparing a tray or restocking operatory inventory or the doctor grabbing the just-ordered bonding kit, it doesn't matter. The list can be as simple as a printed inventory control log in your stockroom, or it can be handled by a full suite inventory management software. Then you'll need to keep a log. When someone takes a controlled item out of inventory, ensure it's logged every time. You only need a few pieces of information, the item, quantity, date, and initials of whoever is taking the product. People feel more accountable when putting their name on something. This can have the added benefit of reducing waste. Next, you need to know your usage and create order triggers. While usage of individual items varies, certain items are used fairly consistently. They're typically the items you use the most. Identify those first. For everything else you don't use as frequently, it's imperative to know two things. Number one, how many days from the moment you order it will take to receive it. Build in room for vendor back orders, shipping delays, etc. Number two, how many units you expect to use per day. Be fairly liberal, but reasonable. Multiply the days it takes to receive an order by the daily usage and add any safety stock you think makes sense. This is your reorder point, or ROP. Once stock gets to this quantity, it's time to reorder. Make sure to factor in all of your inventory from the stockroom to the operatory cabinets. The critical thing you need your system to tell you is what you have and when you need to reorder. Really, you can use a simple card system. If your reorder point for A2 composite is 7 packs, in your primary stock, place an index card between the 7th and 8th packs. Once the 8th pack is taken out of inventory, the card will be the signal that it's time to reorder the item or add it to the soon-to-order list. Keep a small basket next to the inventory control log for these cards to be placed in as they're exposed and have whoever is responsible for reordering check the basket regularly. And that's it. Once you build an inventory management system that controls for the relevant variables, you can take control and make whatever changes you need, 
Who orders what? How often? What is ordered from which supplier? You'll have a just-in-time system that's tailored to your office and preferred suppliers. You may find you prefer to place more frequent, smaller orders, but be careful of extra shipping fees some suppliers charge for smaller orders. Just a note, TDA Perks partner, TDAPerksSupplies.com, offers 100% free ground shipping for any order, regardless of quantity or dollar amount. Well, that's all for this edition of Cut to the Chase, our quarterly podcast that gets you right to the kernels of our educational articles. I'm Donovan Osio, General Manager of the TDA Perks Program. If you have any questions about any of these topics, give TDA Perks a call at 512-443-3675. Access our complete article collection at tdaperks.com in the resources section. Until next time, goodbye. Music provided by betterwithmusic.com.